Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. My guest tonight is Monique Martin, who is both an artist and an art educator. Monique is the fine art teacher at George Vanier, which is Saskatoon's dedicated fine art school in the Catholic system. Well, thanks for being on the program tonight, Monique. Thanks for having me. We were talking briefly before the show about some of the projects that you have, but you have quite a full slate, even currently, not just upcoming. But So you have a bee project, a beehive project? Yes, it's kind of a um, building on what I had at the Mendel last year, where I had the large panels that are nine feet by three feet in size. But I've now made 48 of them, and they're going to be installed into galleries that are about uh, 1,000 to 1,200 square feet, and they will make a beehive that people can walk through. Wow. And so it will have sound as well that will be triggered by movement. And so it will sound like the bees are coming and the sound is really so- soft. And then it will build up to the bee being very close to you and then the bee flies away again. So I did all these recordings last summer of actual beehives um, in um, Langham, which was very interesting to capture those sounds and try to get them to be really good. And it's also going to have an element of smell, so an auditory or um another sense is going to be involved and so people when walking through will have the smell of beeswax and the sound of bees and feel like they're in a beehive. The project at the Mendel for those who didn't see was a relief prints, lino cuts, is that correct? Yeah. And large lino cuts that were printed and put on the wall. Yeah, Yeah, nine feet by three feet and we've actually estimated there's about 4,000 bees that I've printed that are five color and there's 54,000 honeycombs that I hand printed one at a time, All which is really, really crazy. Um, but the concept is that uh, when you enter the gallery, there are many bees in a healthy hive. And as you move through the gallery to the back of the gallery, the hive becomes unhealthy and you kind of feel like you don't belong there or something feels off. It's how it should feel when it's installed. Hmm. It's going in several different galleries, so um, it's going to be uh, a slightly different in each location. It was built with the Saskatchewan Craft Council in mind, and then it was picked up by four other galleries. So it's going to be slightly different in each one. And these are galleries throughout Western Canada in yes. DC, correct? Yeah, Okotok- I'm doing it in Okotoks, which is a fairly small gallery, so it'll be very intimate. And then the one in Castlegar is actually a hexagon-shaped gallery. There's two oh. hexagons connected together, and it's a huge space with uh, 14-foot ceilings. So I'm actually going to have the beehive panels be at different heights so that you can see through the hive to another panel in the back where it's more not alive and that kind of thing. It's an amazing space. And they're also hanging my clay hexagons um, outside the gallery. These were the ones that were made with the community? Yeah, with the uh, Placemaker Project, right. um, two, uh, I guess a year ago now. And uh, they were in the trees last year at this time. So uh, they're going to be put in Okotoks. They're going on a huge uh, sculpture that's similar to our Blairmore ring when we used to have that down by the riverbank in right. Victoria Park. Right. They're being installed on top of a structure like that in Okotoks and in Castlegar. They're going down the main highway hmm. and in downtown as part of uh, the sculpture walk. I'm not an official part of the sculpture walk because I can't get them soon enough. They're in another show. so um, But they're going to be adjacent to it, I guess, part hmm. of it. This exhibition certainly has a large aspect of making to it and a really like a handcrafted process that's involved. But you also we start with an idea to my understanding of your process and so yeah very much i I usually don't start uh something just to make something beautiful like i mean i could do that but i usually start with an idea and this was of course the bees dying and i build from that concept and I, i i rarely rarely do work about how i feel as an artist about my life or 
my own life, I do more um, commentaries on social issues or things affecting the community right now. I mean, my series that was um, last at the Craft Council was uh, the nest egg one, empty nest, that whole thing, which is about the economic crisis. Right. And it's still really popular because the economic crisis is continuing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, I do more global issues instead of maybe personal issues, if okay. that makes sense. And do you find that that connects with an audience at that point, like since it's less personal? Or? I think it does. I think it creates less of a barrier, I think, because everybody has an understanding of some of those issues, whereas an understanding of your life and a personal issue has to be explained so much more. Whereas the, you know, the sure. problem with the bees, it's being talked about by everyone. What drew you to the bees in particular? Cause Actually, it's very funny. I was an um, artist-in-residence at Disneyland Paris. And they're trying to be very environmental. And one of the things they do is shocking. At night, they have the lambs cut the grass. Hmm. Okay, so lambs chew it up, and then they take the lambs out, and then it's all good. But they're also doing making their own honey for in the hotel restaurants for cooking and whatnot. So they have their own beehives. So being there for the three months that I was there, they were right by my apartment um, because my apartment was very adjacent to um, Disneyland. And just watching the lives of the bees and the beekeepers and their whole interrelationship with the bees totally fascinated me. Just even how the insects move when the, the frames were taken out mm. um, fascinated me. So I probably spent more time with the bees than I should have. So I left and I came home and uh, just started doing research. I even started research there working with the beekeepers. They allowed me to work on the frames and um, actually put the honey into the containers for the hotels, those kinds mm. of things I got to experience. So I really started to understand the challenges to raising bees. And then beekeepers from the area found out I was interested so that I was going to all these small towns to see beehives on top of buildings or in little f- areas. And Really? Yeah. So it really grew from there in it France. Grew from, and it grew from there. Just I, I'm very open in my art practice. I'm very open to new experiences and very aware of what's around me and I try to take it all in and sometimes it sits there for years before something happens but I try to allow it to come in instead of go why would I go look at the bees I mean I could have said that right you know every day walking by them on the way to my studio I could have just ignored the bees but instead my curiosity and I thought well I wonder what beekeeping is like you know I, I always have that question I wonder I wonder I wonder a lot about the world and I take that wonder into my work. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and then how does this exhibition then, as you're constructing it, or how does the form of the exhibition start to communicate that idea about the bees or communicate about, like, how did that process sort of... Well, it's amazing. I researched for a very long time, uh, probably six or eight months, and knew an enormous amount about bees. But a beehive, when you actually think about it physically, is completely black inside. Okay, so when it's shut, it's black. We see a beehive in our brain, we right away think, oh yeah, it's got golden colored honeycombs and you can see the bees. If you're actually in the beehive, you can't see anything because hmm. they have this miniature little slit on the front. So then I thought, started to think about all the places in life where there's something there that we think we know what is there, but we don't because we're fed the information from somebody else. So I wanted people to be able to have an experience of being inside a beehive. So the gallery is going to be less lit than normal and all of that to create that experience that you're actually there. Yeah. So so bring you into that immersive experience and sort of let let that experience help a pers- inform a person's yes. view or interaction with bees yes. or 
And I think every person, every person that experiences is going to experience it differently because of the baggage they come to it. Some people are allergic to bees. Right. Some people love bees. Um, you know, the, the whole experience will be different for each person. Right. Even the sound of the bees will be quite an experience for some. So that's your bee project. Mm-hmm. That's one of the projects you have going on. You also have a solo exhibition with Cube Gallery in Ottawa coming up in July. Mm-hmm. I'm making uh, 85 I know it sounds crazy. 85 three-dimensional bird nests out of old gold mining maps. I got them from uh, a friend of mine from some uh, gold mining company that wasn't doing well and said, "You, yeah, I'm a collector of junk. A lot of people know that. So he said, do you want some uh, gold mining maps? I said, sure. I had no idea a half-ton truck was going to show up at my house with maps. And so I was waist deep in maps for quite a while. I'm sorting through and I've cut them up and I've made three dimensional um, nests kind of like uh, a Chinese lantern. So the nests can go into the frame and then I've die cut the nests very carefully and created three dimensional eggs with 16 pieces of paper. And the eggs are 1.5 centimeters long. So they're these miniature eggs. And I was invited to do this exhibition in Ottawa because I've been in group exhibitions prior to this and the pieces actually were sold before the, the exhibition opened so they're super popular and they were also inspired partly by my time in um, Paris because right near my studio they were taking down a forest to uh, put up new um, hotels and convention centers and whatnot and I just thought about the, the birds okay so you're a bird and you have to go get a twig not get killed on the way there okay come back and then put it on your nest so that would be like us going to home depot okay for every piece of wood so you need a two, you need let's say you need 200 two by fours for your addition to your home so you have to drive for each two by four and what if on the way there you had to dodge cars that were trying to kill you right so i thought about this as these bird nests were crashing to the ground with all these trees and at the same time thinking about the gold mining maps these people would have felled trees to to get gold for our uses and it it just became this whole thing that I had to combine it all together to make these bird nests and so the bird nests have gone a lot of places they were in um, Duxbury in um, Massachusetts in the spring and right now they're at McMaster Museum of Art in Toronto and the Arts Board purchased um, three of them for their permanent collection just recently. And were you mentioning that this related back to a project closer to 2010 that was about the economic yeah, about the, yeah, it was about the economic crisis was the whole thing that started it off. And my daughter was in economics at the time. And I would have to edit her all, her all her essays. And I knew nothing about what she was talking about as far as economics went. But I knew where to put the commas. Right. Okay, does that make sense? So yeah. I was editing for grammar. and But these words were fascinating to me. Some of the words from economics. And at the same time, our subscription to um, McLean's magazine kept talking about you know, economic crisis and the nest egg and the nest egg and the nest egg. Everybody's nest egg is gone. And so it just kept coming at me through her studies and McLean's magazine. So then I just put it all together and I actually made um, prints on people's bank statements. Hmm. I got bank statements from my friends and printed eggs on them and nests on them and all kinds of things. And I made an entire series of sculptures, 75 sculptures, without buying one piece of material. Hmm. Everything was donated and put together from basically junk oh yeah well and now we're doing the same but with these gold mining maps yeah basically and that's what i did at disneyland too i was invited there to be artist in residence to make really large nests out of their possible recycled materials so i made nests out of ten thousand clothes hangers and things like that really yeah really big ones we're talking five feet across they could hold four humans 
so <laughs> for human birds <laughs> crazy yeah it was pretty crazy it was fun I guess it's interesting too because I think you're an artist who shows more often outside of Saskatoon sometimes than you do even here I mean I know you've had frequent mm-hmm. shows here but you show quite frequently nationally and internationally and yes I, I'm just wondering for those artists that might be listening that are sort of starting out or looking at building that career you know, how do you start to build a national reputation or international is there or is it a more uh, organic process then uh, it's a little bit organic it's sometimes chance happenings sure um you know you, you somebody sees your work that happens to like it or that kind of thing but i also send out an enormous amount of applications which all cause you to learn a little more about your work hmm. because each one is slightly different and you have to look at your work and see if it fits with their what they're doing right and um so it makes you analyze your own work. I mean, Cube Gallery, my first experience with Cube Gallery was in 2001. I had an exhibition in Ottawa. I was introduced to him at a dinner. He said he ran Cube Gallery. Afterwards, I said to somebody, what's Cube Gallery like? Where is it? I went to visit. You know, it was 12 years later, I guess. Uh, no, I guess 11 years later, I was in my first group show there. Mm. And only because I sent an email going, do you remember me? We met at a dinner. You Ten this, years ago. Yeah, you have this group exhibition coming up, and I met you through so-and-so, and you have this group exhibition coming up. Could I apply? What do you require? And I filled in all the forms and sent my images and whatever, and some of it's just plain hard work. Right. You, you know, like, you, it, it's not going to come to you very rarely, does, like Disney happened to, but the rest of them, they, they just, it's a lot of work. Right, and it's about putting yourself in those opportunities where something might happen. Like yeah. putting... Yeah. application out there and yeah and i could wallpaper my entire home with uh, no thanks you know we don't want your work uh, we, we we it doesn't fit with us or whatever i could you know really i could wallpaper i could probably do two layers but i've learned a lot about my work and i've learned about a lot about applying so like i can put applications together in 20 minutes because i've done it so often right and i get good at naming my slides i mean get good be, they, and as an artist i'm super organized right and I think that makes a difference. Well, you're able to answer opportunities quickly that other artists might have to turn down to. That's right. Yeah, I can put things together very quickly. That Yeah, my slides are available and they're good quality and right. I document my work as I'm building. Yeah. Instead of, oh my gosh, there's a call, I now have to photograph my stuff. I have it always kind of ready. Right, having that sort of basic submission package ready and then tailoring it to the, to the call rather yeah. than starting from scratch. Or, yeah. Yeah. And I also make an enormous amount of work. Sure. You know, before I came here, I thought, wow, I've already put in, you know, a 13-hour day. <laughs> okay, so, because I went to work all day, and then I came home and I started making work about, you know, as long as it takes to eat a granola bar, and then I was in the studio, and I made work until I drove here. <laughs> okay, so I make, I do produce an enormous amount of work. Right. And when that happens, opportunities also can happen, because you have more work available for those opportunities well and there's a need to get the work out because you have it too sometimes yeah like it, it's almost like it self it pressures you to find a place for it too it, right it does although as i get older i'm terrified that i will die my children will have to deal with my work so anytime one is away or somebody buys i'm like yay one less for my child i have to think about when i die you awesome know, you know it's because you do have to think start i think about that sometimes when you start to create a new piece do I want to add another piece to the world that's already so full of art? Hmm. Is this a valuable enough idea to push forward and add to that body of work in the world? Right. 
So I think I think about that a lot. Okay. So there's a lot of work that I have in progress that I don't think is valuable enough to build on. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of editing that goes into the process. Yeah, too. and once a year I have the big purge. Oh yeah. In case I should die. I <laughs> no really. My husband used to try to hide all the stuff that he thought was good, and I was ready to chuck. And once a year when he's away, I have a purge, and I get rid of all the things that. If I should die instantaneously, I don't want somebody to think that I actually like that and I thought it was good. I want to make sure that doesn't happen. Awesome. Yeah. Well, more generally, you're, you're talking about building your career, but you've also become involved in a number of different aspects which support local artists. There's the Children's yes. Gallery. Yes, I started the Children's um, Art Gallery at Markham Mall, which okay. has been very successful. And um, uh, different schools show every two months. Okay. So and uh, I guide the teachers a little bit on how to build the artwork. Sometimes I go into their classroom to work with the children and I help them kind of show them how I can curate, how it's installed, that kind of thing, walk them through that whole process. And also about developing a project or like, yeah. or is it? Cause Some it, of it is developing a project. It depends on the teacher. Okay. Cause is the work that's going in there sort of like a sampling of all student work or is it work that's made for a specific theme or? Uh, yeah, they usually pick a theme and then work towards that okay. theme. Like the one that's on right now is from St. Marguerite School. And we did Turkish marbling and um, lino cut prints of seashells over top. Okay. So we worked with implied movement in the marbling to kind of reflect uh, movement of water and mimic the, the shapes inside the shells. It's very beautiful. The work is huh. really, really good. And for those who don't know, this is in the Children's Playland in Market Mall? That's right. That yeah, we have 27 frames, and Market Mall purchased it all, and it's a professional hanging system. It's absolutely gorgeous. That's awesome. Yeah, and then they also, um, that was such a success, they went, wow. Uh, so then they decided to uh, start Gallery on the Greens. So I have eight covered plinths there, and potters and sculptors show their work. Right. And it's highly successful, too. I count kind of um, accidental art happenings. Hmm. And so we're selling work, which is great. And it's usually to people who don't visit a gallery. Right. You know, so it's just that accidental, wow, there's art here, and this is really good. I sh could I own a piece of work? Would that be something I would want to do? And people are, are doing it that are maybe not the type that would visit a gallery. Right. It removes that barrier to entry into a gallery and brings it to them or brings it into a space that they feel comfortable. Yeah. And they can take their time with it too. Whereas in a gallery, I think some people feel pressured hmm. um, or that they have to conform to some sort of standard. They're not sure of what it is. Right. And there, you know, the bio of the artist is there and they can take their time and really observe the works and not feel judged, I guess, is right. a good way to describe it. That makes sense. And then the other gallery that you're running is Eye Gallery on College there. Which That's is right, which um, is a passion of mine um, because um, I think our, our city and our province even kind of there was an empty space for printmaking and photography galleries. We don't have Eye there as right. a focus. So that's what the focus is of um, the Eye Gallery is just printmakers and photographers. Right. And there too, it's very successful right now. We have the Saskatoon Camera Club. Okay. Um, that's showing and it's a group show it's great and very successful and um, we've had uh, the Saskatchewan printmakers there was just there in the fall right. and it's a great venue again because it's an accidental art happening people are there uh, to have their eyes checked and they have an, an interaction with a piece of artwork Right. you know it's a little different than in a restaurant because in a restaurant Sometimes when you want to interact with a piece of work, it's behind somebody who's eating dinner. Which is very difficult. Sure. Very difficult, yeah. And you can never read the tag or whatever, and you, don't, you can't get close enough. 
in the eye gallery you can get real up close and personal with the pieces because there's no one in the way right you know sometimes you have to wait a long time for the doctor so you might as well look at nice art and I also have uh, their information on the different types of printmaking and how they're produced, which I think is really important because I don't know if a lot of people understand the time commitment and the difficulty in making a print. Well, yeah, and that gets to that education around especially printmaking, which is one of the impetuses behind the Saskatchewan Printmakers Association, which That's you right. mentioned. And in full disclosure, this is a project in which I'm involved too, but... So if you could, you know, talk well, a bit about yeah, how the it's spa about, started. Well, spa is started, um, Michelle Brownbridge uh, from Regina was the impetus behind it, but then we all got involved, yourself included. Um, because of the education aspect, when the community understands what printmaking is, it's more valued. Right. And if we don't create a bit of an education around it, it's not going to be understood because in this time in history, people hit print on their computer and think they're making something, you know, that that's a print. Right. But a print, a print is so much more, and people don't understand the carving aspect in a lino cut. They don't understand the etchings. They don't, you know, it's a, it's um, a very complicated process for each type of printmaking. So it's nice to be able to educate the people, especially at the openings of exhibitions. You know, I can talk to people and explain and do that kind of thing. Yeah, it gives that opportunity. And so SPA is a provincial organization That's that right. supports printmakers and increases awareness around printmaking. As and we have a big exhibition coming up that I um, kind of organized for the group. I happen to have my own uh, work in an exhibition in Korea, and I was there um, for the purchase of one of my pieces and um, talked to the Korean printmakers that, hey, we should do an exhibition together. Wouldn't that be fun? And they said, yeah, that'd be great. And so I got home, and I got home on a Friday. The Craft Council, I believe, was due on the Monday for a proposal. And shockingly enough, with uh, language barrier and time change, we made it happen. <laughs> so um, Les Potter um, will be helping us to organize the exhibition, and we're um, having a curator pick the pieces uh, with us. And it will be the Saskatchewan Printmakers Association and Korean printmakers um, from Korea. Right. And this is, is this a national organization of printmakers in Korea or a regional? It's know? more regional. Okay. It's mostly Seoul. Okay. Yeah, mostly in Seoul. But quite um, accomplished but, printmakers that are Oh, involved. very accomplished printmakers. Yes, I got to see their exhibition at the San Museum um, in Korea, S-A-N, and it was phenomenal. It was called Print Reborn. Hmm. And I spent the day with a whole bunch of printmakers on my last day in Korea. And their work was just phenomenal, just amazing. So I'm really excited to get their work here. Right. And uh, so we'll have the Saskatchewan Printmakers Association at the same time as um, the Korean people. Right. And yeah. the exhibition is going to be called Connections. And this is, in, this is a little further forward yeah, in 2017? Yeah, it's in uh, 2017, May, June, in there. But it's about connections, too. Uh, you know, you talk about how does an art career happen. Well, I happen to be going to Korea for my work, but instead of just going and being at the one event, you know, I contacted them and said, you know, is there anything else to see of printmaking around? You know, so then I end up on a bus and I end up going to this museum with the printmakers. It's about kind of being brave enough to ask a question. I wonder, I wonder what else is here to see? You know, instead of, oh, I'll just sit in my hotel on my last day because I'm waiting for my flight. Right. Right. You know, I could have done that. Taking the opportunities that are there. Yeah, kind of building on those. And we also, the Saskatchewan printmakers also have an exhibition coming up at uh, St. Thomas More this May and June. And then the Saskatchewan printmakers were involved in a Culture Days project at the Saskatchewan Craft Council that also then moved largely through your school in terms of creating a wheat field. Yes, we created a gigantic wheat field that reflects the uh, 
southern border of our province, which is 67, uh, 62.7 meters long, although we lost three meters to a water damage. Oh, no. But anyway, it happens. <laughs> anyway, uh, we did it as part of Culture Days. Yeah, that's where it started, and we did it at the Eye Gallery, and we did it at the Saskatchewan Craft Council, and then it went to schools, and it went to a chiropractic clinic, and all kinds of places. And over a thousand people have uh, printed a piece, a sheaf of wheat on this mural. And on Tuesday, I'm going to be at the WDM. They've, um, they're going to hang it there until April. And I'm going to have a class of 26 people lift up this gigantic mural all at once, and then I'm going to uh, attach it to the wall. And is the wall long enough to... It is. It's going to, in, uh, I don't know if you know where the, uh, the old style trains go. It goes right around the whole train kind of area. So again, it's, it's a little bit about chance opportunities and knowing people that can make things happen for my students. Right. You know, because I knew Jason Wall because of my work at the Mewasin for years with kids' projects. So he's at the WDM. I said, I've got this big thing. We'd like to showcase it. And then just to talk about one other artist project that you have revolving around students, you've been working on an Arts Board grant, an ArtSmart grant with another teacher that yes. involves students in talking about uh, migration of waterfowl. That's right. And uh, it's with uh, St. Goretti Community School. And it's involving um, felting and printmaking and clay, uh, a whole bunch of artists. It's going to be really fun. The kids are making uh, clay um, waterfowl with uh, Paula Cooley and myself. And they're doing felting with Heike Franke, and they're doing printmaking with you and I. And we're making an installation project that will be at the Miwasan Valley Center. And there will be some of the artwork at the Children's Playland Gallery and some at Circle Park Mall. And this is really about helping students to understand migration patterns and challenges facing waterfowl. Yes, that's right. And, and over um, the habitat loss due to human population. And talking about endangered areas within Saskat- within Saskatoon, one of them being the Northeast Swale. And That's right. Talking about some of the challenges that uh, development of that area poses to waterfowl. Yes, there. and so actually the printmaking, we're making a um, large uh, pond, and we're printmaking the pond, but we're actually going to printmake buildings to make the water instead of water, just because buildings slowly take over the water of waterfowl. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm working with Luba Malach on that, and she's a teacher that has never written a grant before for ArtSmarts, and I've written many, many, many. So we worked together as a team, and you helped quite a bit, and we um, kind of nurtured it along, and it'll be exciting to see what happens with that, where that goes. Talking, too, about how art can start to generate conversations around and bring different understandings to some of the issues that we face. Yeah, so I try to take my student art outside of the school because I think it's really valuable to have that exterior audience instead of only the audience that sees the bulletin boards at school. It takes it to a different level, and they see themselves as uh, an artist a little bit more. Oh, goodness. Well, I think we're running to the end of our program here, Monique, but thanks for coming on and talking about your current projects. Very Yes, and Great to see you. Well, thank you, Monique. This has been Unframed. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. Uh, again, you've been listening to CFCR 90.5 FM. And a reminder that you can find us on social media. We're at Unframed Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also that you can listen to our program as a podcast. If you go to iTunes, we're Unframed Radio there as well. Thanks and have a good evening.